Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, Hour 3 of the show. we got some fun topics this hour to discuss. Pelicans fans, pay attention because... There are some good, some bad, and some funny in the NBA rookie survey results that were released earlier today. We're going to get to those in just a second. Also, we told you last week on the show, Helmet Gate in Pittsburgh was was done. It was over. Kind of sad. There's lots of entertainment for us here on Sports Talk Radio. Uh, apparently, it's back. It is not over because Anthony um, Antonio Brown is not participating in Raiders practice because, well, the Raiders aren't letting him practice with that helmet. And his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, is making the rounds on the morning cable television circuit to try to beg and plead and deflect for Brown. It's very interesting. Plus, Ezekiel Elliott feuding with Jerry Jones in Dallas. That'll make Saints fans happy here. Plus, we're going to replay a very good interview from the second guest show with Mike Dettelier and Bobby Aber. They had a chance to talk to Michael Brooks, former NFL linebacker. And we will hear that for you. Plus, we've got sports libs on the docket and an outrageous moment is in from Mike Leach. And he will be the focus of college football's version of Hard Knocks on HBO. That was announced over the weekend. Plus, your phone calls this hour. You heard the number there. It's 504-260-1870. That's 504-260-1870. Our text line is 870-870 tonight. I want to mention again that the New Orleans Little League World Series team they have advanced, staved off elimination. They 10-run ruled their counterparts from Minnesota earlier in the night. So the boys from New Orleans, they will play on Wednesday in what effectively is, I believe, a quarterfinal. Win that one, and you're on into the U.S. semifinals. Pretty good stuff. So they win today, and they live to play another day in that Little League World Series tournament. Good stuff there. Plus, Saints 19, Chargers 17 yesterday. Final score didn't really matter. Had a very good conversation earlier in the show about the Taysom Hill versus Teddy Bridgewater debate. Welcome to call in and discuss that with us or anything you saw you want to talk about on uh, the the Saints and what you saw yesterday. Text from the 985 coming in just now. What is Helmet Gate? That is when Antonio Brown feuded with the NFL a couple of weeks ago saying, I'm going to retire if you will not let me use my helmet. And they're not letting him use his helmet because it's on a list of unapproved helmets that are not allowed anymore with the new concussion rules and protocol in the NFL. It's all about prevention and safety. And Antonio Brown is, well, let's just say he's making a fool out of himself. I think that's being kind. That's a kind way to put it. I've made a fool out of myself many times. He's making a fool out of himself right now. We'll get to the Pelicans and Zion Williamson as part of this rookie NBA rookie survey in just a second, but first let's go to John and Thibodeau. You want to talk a little LSU with us, John? What's up? Yes, Seth, I would like to make a comparison between your comments about Joe Burrow and Tom Brady in a way that Joe Bur- that Tom Brady was such an underrated quarterback in the draft and the way that he was as a professional, when he came in behind, um, I forget the Drew Bledsoe. that he followed. 
Drew yep. Bill Bledsoe, yep. and that Joe Burrow could be that underrated college quarterback. And that's the point that I was trying to make. Oh, I appreciate it, John. Look, he could be. No doubt he could be. He did land on Pro Football Focus's uh, top 20 list of quarterbacks across the country. I think he checked in at 17. We profiled 17 or 16. Profiled it last week. So I don't know. Underrated maybe a little bit. I don't know. I mean, is he a top five college quarterback? No, I, I can't see a scenario where he is, but surprise me. Surprise me, Joe. We'll see. August 31st, LSU opens up against Grambling State week after that. They take on Texas. Thanks for the call tonight, Joe. Let's get to this NBA rookie survey. So every every year, what happens is the NBA, they survey their the rookie class. Every incoming rookie into the NBA is given a survey. It's all anonymous, and they can uh, fill out each question how they want without you know, fear of repercussion because you know they didn't vote for a certain guy or one of their friends. Some of the questions on this are ones like who will be – the rookie of the year this season. And in that vote, Zion Williamson, rookie for the Pelicans, he checked in with the number one vote tally. 35% of the vote Williamson got. John Morant, the outstanding point guard from Memphis, he was number two at 27%. R.J. Barrett was three. Uh, Cam Reddish and some others checked in at number five um, there. So that was good. It's almost like the basketball gods gaveth and then they, they taketh away. Because in another question, and this one surprised the heck out of me. In another question, they ask, and they do this every single year, which NBA rookie is going to go on and have the best career? Well, Zion Williamson didn't win that vote. In fact, it didn't even come close to winning that vote. Only 5% of respondents thought Zion Williamson would have the best career. It was Cam Reddish, his teammate from Duke, who was drafted in the number 10 spot, who was kind of the third banana behind R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson at Duke. He was the pick by his peers, the other NBA rookies, to be the best NBA player, had the best NBA career. That was very, very interesting. Zion Williamson checking in with just 5% of that vote. That tied him for fourth with guys like Colby White of Chicago, R.J. Barrett, and his Pelicans teammate, Jackson Hayes. I don't know if I'd consider that a slap in the face or not. I mean, you think Williamson's really paying attention to this? I don't know. I don't know Williamson well enough to tell you that or not. But I will say this. It's very unclear if any scout, coach, or former player or current player is going to go on record to predict an equitable career for Hayes and Williamson. But I guess that's a question that future philosophers and you know, they can try to sort out here. Why in the world did this vote turn out the way it did? Or maybe they'll be prescient and, and Jackson Hayes is going to go on to have you know a Hall of Fame level career. Who knows there? Back to the Rookie of the Year vote. Here's why it doesn't matter at all. If we're being objective here about the Pelicans and Zion Williamson, the last nine times this has been voted on, the top vote getter for Rookie of the Year by the NBA rookies, it didn't happen. Last year, you had a tie between DeAndre Ayton and Sexton. Uh, they did not win that award. Dennis Smith Jr. in 2017. Chris Dunn 2016. Jill Okafor in 2015. No, in fact, you have to go all the way back 
to 2007 when this team called the Seattle Sonics was still in existence. Kevin Durant pulled 54% of the vote that year, and he did win that award. It has not happened since then. Very interesting. Some of the other categories that were voted on included most athletic. Zion Williamson ran away with this award. He got 87% of that vote. 87%. That was the highest percentage of vote any player has received in any category of this survey in its history. Since they've been doing this, no category has ever had a player tally 87 or more percent of the vote. The last time anybody was even close to this was Steph Curry's rookie year when he received 79% of the vote for best shooter. That was in 2009. In fact, only four players in this year's class received votes in that most athletic category. You had Williamson, Memphis forward Brandon Clark got 8%. And then Jackson Hayes appeared back up. He, along with Cleveland's Kevin Porter Jr., receiving votes in this category. Pretty cool. Hayes also received some love in the best defender category. He received 8% of that vote, tied for third place. Uh, the top vote-getter in that uh, best defensive player of the year, let me see if I can find it here, it was uh, Matisse Thibault, of course, of Philadelphia, 37% of the vote. DeAndre Hunter out of Virginia, 29% of the vote, checked in at number two. Now, at the very end of this, at the very, very end of this, there was a, an Easter egg hidden in this survey for Pelicans fans and Anthony Davis haters. The very last question that they asked was, who is your favorite player in the NBA? Remember, this is an anonymous survey. So all the NBA rookies were asked, who's your favorite player in the league? Guys, you're going to maybe play against. No surprise who came in at number one. LeBron James, 38% of the vote. Kevin Durant, I think this might have been a surprise, number two, with 20% of the vote. You know who did not receive a single vote? Not a single vote from any incoming rookie? Anthony Davis. Was not on the other receiving votes list. Now, some guys who did receive votes as favorite NBA player, uh, guys like, you know, with superstars like, and I'm using that facetiously, those who don't follow the NBA, these are not superstar guys. They're afterthoughts. You may be good players, but not Anthony Davis-level players. Jamal Crawford. Uh, Kevin Garnett. He's not even in the league anymore. Pascal Siakam. Devin Booker. Oh, you also had Steve Nash. Yeah, that's Steve Nash. Get a vote here. But not a single vote for Anthony Davis. You want to talk about the fallout that he's experiencing, this PR disaster that ensued his botched trade demand from the Pelicans and how he and his handler, Rich Paul and Clutch Schwartz, uh, really did him a massive disservice and his public persona a disservice. This is it. If you thought people and you thought players did not like what Kevin Durant did, I'm telling you, they don't like what Anthony Davis did either. They don't. Not unless you're part of that elite NBA 1% crowd. Guys like, I don't know, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis himself, maybe James Harden. Some of the real A-list guys in the NBA. This isn't your everyday NBA player. Rookies do not respect that. At least that's what this survey showed me. I got an article on this little column write-up. 
recapping why NBA rookies think Zion's going to win the rookie of the year, but why he will not have the best career. That one was a shocker to me. Not necessarily that I thought he'd be number one on this list. Sometimes when you get a chance to kind of take a jab back at the establishment and Zion Williamson is the establishment in this rookie class, it, it feels a little like you're getting a little weight off your chest. But Cam Reddish? Lots of talent there. Raw talent. Athletic ability. Playmaking ability. Didn't really show it at Duke. Didn't show it at Duke when, when Williamson was out. Interesting. WWL.com for that piece. You can check it out there. It's also on my Twitter, at Seth Dunlap. We'll take a quick break here. When we come back, your phone calls at 504-260-1870. Whatever you want to talk about, Saints, Pelicans, LSU, any sports topics, Little League World Series victory for the New Orleans boys. Again, 504-260-1870. Our text line's 870-870. And when we come back, Helmet Gate is back. Antonio Brown and his agent Drew Rosenhaus making some noise. Get to Helmet Gate coming back and Ezekiel Elliott feuding with Jerry Jones. But first to the phone lines we go, George and West we go. What's going on tonight? Man, we need we need to go deep down the rabbit hole in Davenport. All right, let's do it. I'm I'm always down to you know take that uh, in a little. What was, what did Alice take? It was like a little wafer. I'm, I'm down to eat that wafer and go in the rabbit hole with you. All right, let's go, because if there was a tornado in the area, I'd be sounding the alarms, just like Marcus Davis for in this instance. Okay. He needs to show more. There's two first-round picks that gave up for him, and there's, there's, we almost are expecting a huge leap from him this year to sophomore season, and yet all you're hearing about is little flashes here and there and nothing consistent, nothing that you've actually seen on tape to have any conviction that there's any reliability with him. Because what you need from him is what Alex Okafor was two years ago. And he is so far removed from that, it's alarming. Because the only way we make it back to Miami is, okay, it's two guys. It's Eli Apple and Davenport. Because Cam Jordan, you know what he is. He's fantastic. And you know what Lattimore is going to be similar. But you need two DNs. You need two corners. I've seen Eli Apple produce. I haven't seen anything for Marcus Davenport. And for these people who, who are playing um, the, the, the constant optimist, it's foolish in this case. There's nothing that I've seen to make me in the least bit optimistic in Marcus Davenport. <laughs> Look, George, I share a lot of your reservations about the lack of consistency that I'm seeing from Marcus Davenport. I think you probably listened to the show. You've heard me talk about it before. I don't know if I'm ready to sound the alarms at all. I don't know if I'm really close to that yet, but I just have not seen, and I'm just being honest here, I have not seen this superstar in the making that people have told me about. I have I've seen flashes to use George's words of it. I have seen that, but I have not seen it consistently. Now, somebody who's first year, early into his second year, we're not always supposed to see that consistently yet. But it would be nice to see Marcus Davenport in these preseason games doing something else in the 42 snaps that he's played. As a point, no, 43 snaps. Pardon me, that he's played played 43 snaps in the first two preseason games. He's tallied one half sack a half sack, and two tackles. That's it. One other pressure. When he pushed the pocket against a backup left tackle, it was a nice bull rush, but that's kind of the move that he's known for. Hasn't developed anything else yet. That will come the longer he's in the league. I get it. But, George, 
I, I'm with you for the most part here. I am. This team needs Marcus Davenport to be special if they're going to win a Super Bowl or even contend for a Super Bowl. They need it. Alex Oakforce not here. Mario Edwards got banged up. Sheldon Rankins won't return until midseason. Cam Jordan is Cam Jordan, but he cannot do it by himself. We've seen Cam Jordan by himself as what essentially is the solo pass rusher on that defensive line, and it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty. Thanks for the call, George. Appreciate it. So Helmet Gate is back. It is back with a capital B, capital 3-A-C-K exclamation point. Antonio Brown, receiver for the Oakland Raiders. We thought we had buried this last week when we got off the air and went to our Saints coverage on the weekend. Yeah, well, apparently he had decided that nearly filed his grievance with the NFL, and the NFL decided, well, they weren't going to change their policy and allow Antonio Brown to wear an old helmet that was not approved anymore, not safe anymore by their standards. And Antonio Brown decided to drop his hissy fit, we thought, and was going to show back up to practice. Well, lo and behold... Over the weekend, it broke that he is not, he is not showing up to practice. He says he will not show up to practice because the Raiders aren't allowing him to use that helmet because they'd be in violation of NFL rules. Mike Mayock, their GM, we don't have the rights to this audio, but he was not happy yesterday when he spoke to the media. Said that everybody else is here. We're waiting for Antonio Brown to show up. Antonio Brown with Drew Rosenhaus, who is his agent, on the TV cable networks this morning, making the rounds, trying to pitch for his player, trying to turn this into, and look, this is pretty good spin by Drew Rosenhaus, trying to say, no, this is actually a safety issue for Antonio Brown. He wants to use the same helmet that he's worn in the NFL, in college, Central Michigan, back to high school, worn the same helmet the whole time. He's safer in that helmet. It's kept him safe. He's played football this long. It's a pretty good spin, considering the whole reason that this helmet isn't allowed. It's not up to snuff compared to the new technology they have in newer helmets. So Antonio Brown, once again, taking his ball and going home. And I, I, I love this. This is gold for hard knocks. This is gold for just anybody who's paying attention to the NFL. It is a disaster for Oakland. The team, the franchise that looks to come away like bandits, and this one's the Steelers who cut bait with this joker. My goodness. Also, I want to come back. Got to take a hard break for CBS News. Just 60 seconds here. Ezekiel Elliott's got wind of Jerry Jones saying, Zeke who? In an interview, Zeke who? Says the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Zeke Elliott apparently not happy, according to his agent. And Michael Brooks was on the second guest show, former NFL player. We'll get to that. And your calls as the last lap continues. Welcome back to the show. We'll get to Ezekiel Elliott, then Michael Brooks in a second. But first, George in Covington. Want to talk a little Saints with us, George? What's up? This is a different story with a very similar point. Look, you said that about Davenport, but we've had someone like this before, and that's Andrews Pete. Andrews Pete was a very slow burn. After that rookie year, we had a lot of issues with him, and we really called him out early. But we don't have time for Davenport to develop like we did with Andrews Pete. Andrews Pete got better year after year. Whereas Davenport needs to get better now. And there's just not that worldwide pressure amongst the Who That Nation that's focused in on Davenport needing to get his act together now because there's no time for this. He, there's no Okafor. Hendrickson looks good. He really looks all right. But he's going to be a situational pass rusher, like a five McCray. 
But the fact that Davenport isn't developing, it needs to be more addressed. And I'm, I'm going to keep hammering this in on your show because our lifeline is vital with him and is very, very concerning. Hendrickson, I don't know what – we might be relying on Hendrickson. Well, and we might, we might, and, and here's the, here's the difference, George. In my mind, I don't think like Trey Hendrickson will look a lot better than he has the last couple of years. I don't think Trey Hendrickson is going to be like a you ran out of him out there every day. If he was just starting defensive end and edge rusher, it's not like I think Trey Hendrickson's getting you ten sacks or twelve sacks. But I think it's it's levels and it's compared to maybe the hype that those two players had entering the league. I mean, Trey Hendrickson wasn't supposed to be a star. Everybody's told us that Marcus Davenport's going to be a star, right? Right, and the reliability of Hendrickson is, is is capturing in the fact that, hey, you know what you're getting out of him, whereas Davenport will just disappear, and then he'll have a flash of brilliance where he looks like, name a great defensive end in history, Julius Peppers. Uh, a little arm, like he's got the arm, like I mean, maybe JPP back in the day. Got those, got those long arms, very tall, good bull rush, right? I mean, you, can, you can make a comparison. I went blank, but Reggie White, whatever – Bruce, whatever defensive end you want to name, Bruce Smith, he looks fantastic at times, as good as anybody, and then he'll disappear. And that's not that, – that'll turn into an Achilles heel because week one, week two, week three, week four, we're going up against really good offenses. They're just going to run the ball at Davenport. Yes, they are. Yes, they All are, George. Long. They are, George. That's a great point. Right now, he is a liability in the run game. He's not a guy you want out there in run situations, but he's, you're going to run him out there in run situations, I would think, because you want him to learn. You want him to learn on the job. This is a guy who you spent two first-round picks and a fifth-round pick on. It's his second year in the NFL. You're in a Super Bowl window. You're the favorites right now in Vegas in the NFC. Marcus Davenport, second year in the league, is that pick. He needs to be a big part of this team. Now, if they improve on that defensive line, just throwing this out there. For example, if they somehow swing this trade for Jadevian Clowney, somehow bring him in, of course you'd do that. And you put Marcus Davenport behind Clowney, put him in there in pass rush situations because you can never have too many pass rushers. But I look, the last two callers on the show, I share all of your concerns here. I don't know if I'm ready to jump off the deep end. I think that this is a little premature considering he has not played a game in his second year in the NFL. But I think it's fair to raise expectations a little bit. You're right. Raise expectations for consistency from Marcus Davenport. Thanks for the call, George. Ezekiel Elliott apparently not amused by the quip over the weekend by Cowboys owner Jerry Jones, who said in response to a question from a reporter about, you know, where's Ezekiel Elliott? Did you talk to Zeke? Uh, Jerry Jones replied, Zeke who? I can't do a Jerry Jones voice. Zeke who? I can't do the Jerry Jones voice. Apparently, yeah, Ezekiel Elliott not happy about that. His agent, Rocky Arsenault, saying today, quote, I didn't think it was funny, and neither did Zeke. We actually thought it was very disrespectful, end quote. It says uh, Ezekiel Elliott is training in Mexico, Cabo San Lucas, at a great facility, having a nice time there. That's fine. Zeke can do what he wants. It's his money. Made some money. I don't necessarily... If a player wants to hold out, hold out. The thing with Zeke, that the the issue that I have with this whole process is it's not going to work. You're taking a stand, and you want that moral high ground. You want running backs who come after you maybe to be treated a little more fair in the 
the contract process and the negotiation process. I get that, I guess. This isn't going to work. It's not going to work. You have two years left on your contract. Come on. Your quarterback has never made more than a million dollars a year. He's underpaid by about $20 million at least, 20 to $25 million. That's Dak Prescott. He's not holding out, and he's in the last year of his contract. Speaking of a sideshow that continues. Earlier today, second guest show, Mike Tatillier and Bobby Aber. Usually pretty good guests on there. We like to replay for you on Monday. Today it was Michael Brooks, former NFL linebacker. Very good conversation between those three. Here you go. That was earlier tonight on the second guest show with Mike Tatillier and Bobby Bear. Good stuff there. We'll take a break. When we come back, it's the return of Sports Libs. Logan Scott, the game at hand behind the glass. We'll do that. When we come back, you can play along with us. Get those phones out. If you're not driving, you can text us at 870-870. I'm Seth Dunlap, and the show continues after this. Text from the 504. Bridgewater and Clowney. Excuse me. Let me try this again. Bridgewater and Davenport to Houston for Clowney. Not going to happen. I don't think the Saints are trading away Marcus Davenport for one year of Jadevian Clowney. That's all they would be guaranteed considering Clowney is an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. If he is traded, if he stays in Houston, they could obviously franchise tag him again. Welcome back to the show. Time to play our favorite game of the day, Sports Libs. We do this every show. Got a handful of questions, kind of like Mad Libs. You played that road trip game. There's blanks in there. We got to fill in the blanks together. We can be fun. We can be serious. We can be whatever we want, really. And you can play along on our text line at 870-870. What do you got tonight, Logan? Hey, you know the same old, same old, but that's not a bad thing. So let's just jump on in. Okay, let's do it. Jumping in. Feet first or head first? Uh, let's do head first. Why or belly, not? belly first. Not belly first. <laughs> no, belly first. You, you just smack the water and it's going to be terrible. Uh, yeah, it is going to be terrible. All right, feet first. Here we go. All right. Blank stood out on the Saints team this Sunday. Lack of rookie success, I guess. Outside of Caden Ellis, I thought he was pretty good. Led the team in slaps again. I mean, it's not any of these guys. And what I mean by that, lack of rookie success stood out to me. None of the guys we've been talking about a lot at camp really showed much. You had Eric McCoy with an early snap to Teddy Bridgewater. You had Emmanuel Butler getting hit in, fa- hit in the face with the only football that was really thrown his direction. Not a lot of good moments for the young guys on this team. All right, next up we have Blank is going to make an impact in the Saints' first regular uh, regular season game. I'm going to say Drew Brees because we need to see Drew out there after <laughs> after the mess that was the first half last week, or last week, last night. I'm going to say Drew Brees because we need Drew back. Let's get rid of all this Taysom versus Teddy talk. Drew hasn't retired yet. Drew Brees. All right, next one up here we have the Saints are looking blank so far in the preseason. Uh, like, I don't even want to answer. Can I just put, like, the yawning emoji or something like that? Yeah, like, sure. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yawn emoji in there because yesterday was was a snooze fest. Bobby Aber was saying in the point after show, I think you were listening to this, he said he was falling asleep in the first half. So was I. A little more excitement in the second half. But, yeah, just give me the yawn emoji there. All right, next one up here, we have LSU football will make it to blank this year. I'd almost say make it to New Orleans. I'm going to say make it to New Orleans, which means they're playing in that college football playoff. They're playing for a national championship. I'm going to say they're going to make it to New Orleans. I'm going to be optimistic here. They're going to make it to New Orleans, Logan. All right. 
And last one here we have LSU basketball looks to be blank this season. Unsanctioned. Looks like they're going to, at least for the moment, fly by any notices of allegation or penalties in the wake of Will Wade being on a couple wiretaps and all that stuff we saw last year in federal court as part of the FBI's investigation into college basketball corruption. So it looks like they will be sanctionless. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully they will be for LSU's sake. All right, that's Sports Lives. Thanks, Logan. No problem. We got our moment is in coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Mike Leach on Hard Knocks, college football style. That's happening. It was inked over the weekend. We will hear one of the most outrageous Mike Leach quotes of all time. It's incredible. It's about Bigfoot and aliens. Stick around. That's going to do it for our show tonight. Thanks to everybody who made it possible. Logan Falgu, our student studio producer. Tim Zimmer, booking the show. Jordan Fiegel. Our day producer today, Helen's out. Also, Diane Newman, our program director. If you missed any of the show, remember, check the podcast at WWL.com, radio.com app. You can also get it in Apple Podcasts. I'm Seth Dunlap on Twitter, at Seth Dunlap. We'll hand it off now to Beyond Reality Radio. And as always, I leave you with our moment of zen. Mike Leach and the Washington State Cougars are going to be on college football's version of Hard Knocks on HBO. Mike Leach front and center there. It's going to be incredible. Here's one of Mike Leach's, Leach's most outrageous post-game or press conference statements, it's on aliens and Bigfoot. Listen up. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.